Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the church or you want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at thechurchrc.com. Or we would love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app. Available for free anywhere you download apps. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Message, if you would, uh, just give a big round of applause for everybody listening online. Come on. Come on. We have people that listen all over the world. And uh, it's beyond the four walls. Church is supposed to be beyond four walls, and we're excited about that. Uh, a couple of things that I just want to talk to you about. Uh, the first thing is, is next Sunday is Vision Sunday. And uh, we are excited about Vision Sunday. Uh, if you don't know, uh, what th- this church, um, e- twice a year, we look at where we've been and where we're going. The Bible says this, that for lack of vision, the people perish. And I don't know about you, but perish doesn't sound good. So I want to, I want to keep thriving and I want to, as a church, I want to keep moving forward and doing all that God has called us to do. So we get to celebrate what we've done together as a church. We get to, uh, and we get to look at where God is taking us in the future. And it's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome Sunday. So be here next week as we celebrate. We actually have a really uh, exciting announcement that I'm super pumped about. Uh, and you won't know about it. Well, you'll probably find out because our people love Facebook. So another thing that you need to know is uh, we have Easter at the GMA. Come on, Easter at the GMA this year. Uh, Greenville, that is a mouthful, Greenville Municipal Auditorium. And uh, every year we've always done uh, our Easter Sunday right here at Ford Elementary. We've always just kind of done that. And this year we decided, you know what, go big or go home. So we we wanted to do something where we could all come together and worship God as one big congregation. And so that's what we're going to do. We're excited about that. We have two services at the GMA for you to pick from. And uh, it's not that far from here. You're going to be okay. There's people that drive from Greenville here every day. So uh, every Sunday. So just, it's just relax, but uh, there's plenty of parking. It's going to be amazing. There's, there's people that are in Greenville and Sulphur Springs that drive in and they're like, thank God it's so much closer. So, uh, so you know what? We're going to celebrate as a family. We're doing two services there uh, because we have childcare for five and under. And we want the people that are keeping your kids to actually experience an Easter Sunday, right? We don't want them, okay, sorry about your bad luck. You watch kids, you don't get Easter, right? That's no fun and nobody would volunteer. And, uh, and so we're doing two services and it's gonna be amazing. I really believe, and you can be praying if you're a church family here, I'm really believing that God is gonna do something exceptional. I mean, I think he's going to do something really big this Easter. And what I'm praying for is not just a big service, but I'm praying for a lot of people to have an encounter with Jesus and for their lives to forever be changed. Because I don't need a big service just to have a big service. But I pray that this Easter, we make heaven a little bigger. Amen. Amen. That's what I'm, I'm believing God for. I'm believing God that we're going we're gonna, to uh, make heaven bigger and hell leaner. Amen. And so they're going to come in and have an encounter with Jesus after Easter. Maybe you're like, I'm deucing out. I'm not going to be here until I'll go Easter. And then uh, I'm not, you you need to know that we are changing our service times. We are moving uh, to three services. Obviously this service is full uh, and the first service is full and fuller. So it's not as full as this one. So we're trying to uh, make each and every service count. 
uh, because it's a lot of work to do all of this. And so we're making every service count. So we are just shifting our service times, getting ready to go to three services. But right now we're just doing a little bit of a shift. And so you will have a different service time to pick from after Easter. Say after Easter. Come on, after Easter, not before, right? After Easter. So don't show up next Sunday at these times because you'll be late. Yeah, real late. So uh, the, the first service time that you'll get to pick from is 945. Come on, somebody needs to celebrate 45 more minutes of sleep. 945, and my, I'm telling you, we told our dream team this, and they, I, they were doing backflips. It was like crazy party because they get a 45-minute later call time, which is awesome for them. And uh, we love our dream team. And then uh, the, the second service will be 1130. Come on. You people, you've been begging me for a late service, so 11.30. If you, like, if you want to come in later, then 11.30 is your service. So you can pick 9.45 or 11.30, and then when we get ready and as we fill those services up, we will add an 8 a.m. And all the Dream Team just got really sad again. <laughs> so, so no, we will add at 8 a.m. And that, it's just going to be good. God's just continuing to grow and to flourish his church, not just in this church, but all throughout Royce City and Greenville and the surrounding areas. And we love the church. And if they're preaching the gospel, we love them. Amen. Turn to 2 Corinthians 9, 9, 6 through 11. 2 Corinthians 9. 6 through 11. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We have it up on the screens for you. It says this, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things, come on, we like this part, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Amen? Lord, I write, uh, if you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Legacy Driven Generosity. Legacy Driven Generosity. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear and here is open, receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man. Lord, I pray that they would hear a word from you. Lord, let, us, let them hear my heart as I share this word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You know, I think I, I love the title of this series, Legacy, because I think that every person in here wants to leave a legacy, right? Nobody wants to be forgotten. Nobody wants to be like, hey, you know, as soon as I check out of this world, I don't want anybody coming to the funeral. I don't want anybody even noticing that I'm gone. 
I, I, I don't want to leave a mark on this world at all. I, I just want to, I want to come in and I want to sneak out and that's all I want to do. Nobody wants to do that, right? Everybody's like, you know, I want to leave a mark of some kind. I want to leave a legacy of some kind. You know, we want, we want to make a mark on this world. And the reason why we want to make a mark on this world is because that's what God has called us to do. He's called us to come to this world to make a difference, not just, not just care about my four and no more and go, go on to be with Jesus. That's not what he's, we always talk about the sweet by and by and one glad morning when this life is o'er. You know, heaven is going to be amazing, but God wants you to make an impact right here on earth. He wants you to leave a legacy. He wants you to make a difference. You know, I was watching, uh, the movie Troy the other day and, uh, I, I'm, if you haven't ever seen it, that's okay. But, but it talks about uh, a, a warrior named Achilles and uh, played by Brad Pitt, right? Girl, I just heard somebody go, oh, easy girl, easy. This is the Lord's house, amen? <laughs> Troy, right? Play, play, uh, he, 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 he's, Achilles is having a conversation and, and Troy is getting ready to go to war and Achilles is trying to figure out, do I go or do I stay? And he's doing what all strong warriors do before they go to battle. He's talking to his mother. That's free. That's free for all you moms. Talk to your mom, guys. All right. Just, your mom knows best, right? And so he's talking to his mom and he's having this conversation and he says, do I, do I go or do I stay? Should, should I go to war or should I stay? And she says something that, that it caught my attention. It grabbed my attention and she said this. She said, if you stay, you will get married. You will have kids. You will be happy, but you will be forgotten. But if you go, you will be a legend. Your name will never be forgotten and people will talk about you long after you're gone. You know, I think that that's such an amazing thing because what she's saying is, she said, if you do the easy thing, if you do what's comfortable, you're going to be forgotten. But if you do what's hard, what's difficult, you're, you're going to be remembered forever. And here's the thing is that's what God has called us to do. And when we read the Bible, God doesn't call us just to do the easy things. I know that that's what you want to hear. And that's what, that's what, you know, man, I, I just want to do what's easy. I want to do what's comfortable. But here's the thing is God hasn't called us to do easy things. God has called us to make a difference on this world. And if we make a difference on this world, it comes with some, uh, some things that are uncomfortable. And one of those things is generosity. Now, you may be here and, and you're like, oh, here's another preacher talking about generosity. I just want you to know I hadn't talked about this in two years, so you just won the lottery. <laughs> you're like, oh, great. I come, I come and it talks about generosity. But here's the thing is because that's not what we're about. But, but, but I, that doesn't keep me from talking about it because it really is. There's the, the, one of the best ways that you can leave a legacy is through generosity. That's right. Because what you have to understand is that when you give to God, what you give leaves your hand, but it never leaves your life. It never 
leaves your life. And so when you give something to God, he takes what you give and he multiplies it and it goes far beyond. I believe that there is going to be a day when you're in heaven and you're going to be walking along and somebody's going to go, thank God you gave and you have no clue who they are. But because you gave, their life was forever impacted. Why? Because you're awesome? No, because God is awesome. So good at taking what we give, multiplying it. That's one of the greatest ways that we can leave a legacy as a church. Because the truth is, some of us can't go. Some of us can't go to the world. We got jobs. We got kids. We got things to do. But we're giving. And when you give, your money goes where you can't. Amen? You know, as a pastor, it's one of the hardest subjects to talk about. Because as soon as you say generosity or giving or tithes or offering, everybody goes, <gasps> and takes, gets a death grip on their money, right? They got the wallet, hide your purse, honey, hide your purse. <laughs> Did you bring in cash? Take it out to the car now. But the, the, the word that we just read, I just want to free you up. If, if that's you today, that's okay. Don't worry. Uh, the Bible says don't give out of compulsion. So if that's you today and you think I'm trying to get something from you, no, don't give. If you think I'm trying to compel you to give, don't. I'm just trying to teach you the word of God, okay? What the word of God says about it, okay? So if you, just free you up. Just say, I'm free. Come on, I'm free. I'm free. Don't give out of compulsion, right? It's okay. But you need to know this, that scripture says that don't give out a compulsion. So don't give out a compulsion. But, but, I, but I think that what's happened is, is that Jesus, if you don't like hearing uh, uh, talks about money, then you wouldn't have liked Jesus. Because Jesus talked about money more than heaven and hell combined. And as pastor, I love to talk about a lot of things that help in life, right? I like to talk about how God has come to set you free. I like to talk about salvations. I like to talk about having a, a dream here. I love talking about all of those things. But the truth is, is that, that God, uh, Jesus talked about money because God, God isn't after your money, he's after your heart. The Bible says this, that wherever your heart is, there's your treasure will be also. And so he's after your heart. And when you begin to understand that Jesus is after your heart and you begin to get free in this aspect, it changes everything. But what's happened is, is that men have distorted the message. And here's the thing is that they, we live in two extremes. And if you, go to, if you go to churches or you're watching TV or whatever, you'll see these two extremes that are presented on a regular basis. Again, I'm going to give them to you real quick. The first thing is give so you can be rich. Give so you can be rich, right? That, you'll hear that over and over and over again. But here's the thing is God isn't a slot machine. We don't put $20 in the plate and hope our number hits. Right? Come on. right? God, that's, that's, what we, that's what a lot of people preach is, you know, you just put your money in the plate. And, man, if your number's hit and, and God looks at it and it lines up, then all of a sudden you're going to be wealthy beyond your wildest imagination. No, that's not the Bible. Give so you can be rich. Here's what I tell people. I don't give to get. I give to give. Because Jesus has been so good to me, how can I not be good to him? How 
can I not give what he asked? How can I not be generous whenever he's changed my life and he's done so much in my life? How can I look at it and say, you know what? I don't really care if the gospel goes forth. Yeah, it's changed my life. It's made an impact on me. It's completely transformed my family, but I don't really care if anybody else hears it. How can I be that way? No, because Jesus has changed my life. I want to make sure that everybody can hear this message. I don't give to get. I give to give. I was uh, driving several years ago. And I don't know if, if all of you are probably holier than me, but I used to have a real attitude about homeless people. You know, the people that are holding the sign out on the side of the road. Don't judge me. Some of you are like, God. Center. <laughs> I love everybody, brother. Well, good. I'm glad you do. But, but I had a real attitude, and they're holding this sign, and, and I was passing by, and I had uh, some money in my pocket, and it said, you know, need money for food. I had this thought, get a job. Anybody ever thought that? Don't raise your hand. I'll be the, I'll be the guy that does that. Get a job. That was my thought, Right? And all of a sudden, I felt something on the inside of me, and God said this to me. He said, I did not bless you to be a judge. I blessed you to be a blessing. And, and every time I go buy somebody like that, if I got cash, I'm giving it. Well, he's just going to go buy a beer with it. It's not up to me to decide what he does with it. Right? I, I can't sit there and change this whole man's life. But what I can do is I can say, you know what? I'm willing to be generous. And, and you know what I do? I'll handle money and say, hey, God bless you, man. Jesus loves you. That's what I do. I, it's, it's so simple. I'm in a car. I don't have time for a whole message. Come on, somebody. But what I do is, is I say, God, you bless me. Thank God I'm not standing on a street corner somewhere. Thank God I got a roof over my head. Thank God I know where my next meal's coming from. Thank God. Come on. Generosity is born out of gratitude for all that God has done for me. The second extreme is give so you can be poor. Two complete extremes. You need to give everything you got away because God doesn't want you to have one thing. He wants you to be dirt poor. He wants you to be broke as a joke. He don't want you to have... I cannot find that in the Bible. Everywhere you read in the Bible, it says give and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Give and God will multiply your seed so that you can give more, right? That's what you see over and over. If you're poor, how can you help the poor? If you're broke, how can you go to the world? The reason why God says this, he loves to bless his kids. He loves to take care of them, not so that they can be rich, not so they can be poor. So they can bless others. We don't live our lives on either one of these extremes. You know, I, I uh, recently was talking to somebody and they told me about this, this really big um, Alzheimer and brain injury facility that was, you know, just took, it was basically a big nursing home, but it's, it was specifically made for these people. And, uh, and if you know anything about Alzheimer's patients, especially they, you, you, have to, you have to lock it down because they'll hit the door and they'll run. 
and they take off. And it's, it's, it's a full-time job just keeping up with them. I mean, it, it really is hard. In EMS, we would, we'd, we'd have to go out and find people on the side of the road because they would just take off, right? And, it, 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 and you feel so bad for the wives or the husbands because they're just ragged. They're tired because they're always trying to keep up with them. Well, this facility was having the same problem. I mean, obviously, you have to have emergency doors, so that people can get out, right? If there's a fire or something like that, there has to be an emergency door. And so they were trying to figure out because every time, it didn't matter where it was, these people were always hitting the door running and they were having to chase them down. They would go through the fire exit and they would have to chase them down and get them back in. And it was a full-time job just keeping up with all the runners. So somebody was trying to figure out how do we fix this? How do we solve this situation? And they came up with a brilliant idea. So somebody decided, you know what, I got an idea. And they went down and they bought bookshelf wallpaper. Y'all seen the wallpaper that looks like bookshelves? I don't, just buy books. That's kind of what I think. But, but uh, you can even read them. But, uh, uh, but they bought bookshelf wallpaper and they covered all of the doors with bookshelf wallpaper. So the patients came along and instead of seeing a door, they saw a bookshelf. Last time I checked, bookshelves don't open. So immediately they stopped going through the doors. It, it, it automatically solved the problem. Now, here's what I want you to get. Is I feel like that's exactly what's happened in the church today. Wow. A man has come along and distorted what the gospel says about money. Changed your perception and changed your view about what God says about generosity. And so now then you see something that isn't really what it is. And it's what, what, what giving is, is a door that leads to freedom. It's not something to hold you captive, but if they can distort it, if they can change it, it will actually keep you captive. But if you will ever understand that on the other side of what some man has tried to distort, on the other side of what somebody has changed and manipulated into something that it's not, there is freedom. Change everything. Now, just a couple of terms that you'll see over and over and over again in the Bible, and these aren't popular terms, we've changed it to generosity because generosity is politically correct. But Bible is tithe. And if you don't know what that means, that's okay. There's a lot of people that don't know what that means. Tithe means tenth. Tenth. So when God says bring all the tithe into the storehouse, he means a tenth of your income. This is when it gets real popular. A tenth of your income. And if you don't like preaching on tithe, don't read any more of the scripture because he also says offerings. So he says above, and offering is above the tenth. Now, just real quick, this isn't something that I preach. And I go home and go, some suckers bought it. I bet we got a few of them that actually bought that. This is something that I live. Just a moment of transparency. Crystal and I believe in this so much, and we believe in this church so much, we gave a third of our income away to the church last year. Now you sit back and you go, well, what, what's a third of your income? What's a third of your income? It's all relative, Right? doesn't matter. It's all relative. And that's how much we believe in the church. That's how much we believe in what God is doing. That's how much, and I'm excited about giving. Right. 
I love to give. I love to give it away because I'm excited about what God is doing. And God has been so good to me. How can I not be good to others? How can I not bless others? Where was I at? Oh, offering, tithes and offering. Tithes is tenth. Offering is above and beyond the tenth. Amen? Three myths about giving. I'm going to tell you three myths and three truths, and then we're going to be done, and everybody can breathe, and it's going to be good. Amen. Three myths, three truths. First myth I want to tell you about is, when I make more money, I will start giving. I hear this a lot. That's okay. Now, here, let me just, let me just let you know, I feel like there, there's two engines that drive this church, and every church, really, and that's, we have a serve team, a dream team, Right? And that pulls the train. The people that show up every morning at 6 a.m. to set all this up, they pull the train, right? And we love our dream team. We love all of that. And then we also have a giving portion, people who give to the church and it goes forward, right? This facility's not free. Come on. Donuts aren't free. Come on. Coffee's not free. Come on. Water's not free, right? Come on, you, know, you, you get the picture, right? And so we have a generosity portion of this. And, and, and here's the thing, is that you can come to this church and never be a part of any, either one of those teams, you can just ride the train and smile. We love you. I don't know who's giving. I don't know what's going on. I don't look at giving records. Right. I just don't because I don't want to know. I want to love you just the way you are. Right. right? But those two things drive it. But the, here's, here it is. When I make more money, I will start giving. A recent nationwide study found this. They went across uh, the nation and they, they polled everybody in churches and they found that people that were the most generous in churches made $30,000 or less a year annually per household. They were the most generous. The people that were the least generous made $75,000 or more a year. So when I make more money, I'll give more or I'll start giving actually to the church. No, you won't. Here's the thing is if you can't write a $400 check off a $4,000 check a month, then what makes you think that you're going to give 10,000 off a hundred thousand? Come on. Or a hundred thousand off a million. What, what there's no, it doesn't get any or any easier because here's the thing is it's a heart issue. It's something saying, you know what, God, I I give because I'm blessed. I'm blessed at $30,000. I'm blessed at $100,000. I'm blessed at a million dollars. I'm blessed at $8 million. I'm just blessed because God, you've blessed me. And so it's easy for you to give. It's not easier when you make more. It's easier when you make a decision to be generous. That's when it becomes easy. Tithers and non-tithers were asked about tithing or not tithing in a poll. And they said, that, uh, tithers said this, people that were generous to the church, let's do it this way. People that were generous to the church or tithed to the church said this, I'm am blessed because I give. Non-tithers said this about tithers, they give because they're more blessed. Two completely different perspectives about giving. I can tell you this, it doesn't make sense on paper. We went to a, uh, we, we've always tithed, Crystal and I have always tithed, and we went to a financial consultant 
uh, to do some investments and things like that. And she said, uh, she's, she's looking at, she goes, and, and when you go to a financial consult, they look at everything. And so we laid it all out there and she looks at it and she goes, it doesn't make sense. Y'all should be losing money every month, but you're saving. And she asked this question, non-Christian lady, what's your secret? And I said, well, you see here, we tithe an offering to the church. And she goes, every person that comes in to my office, that when you, their paper looks like yours, gives tithes and offerings. Where they should be losing money, they're making money. Yes. How in the world is it possible? Here's the thing. God says, give and I will rebuke the devourer. That's what he says. He says, I'll take the hand off of it. Amen. Giving helps others. Hold on just a second. Before I move on to that, I just want to, okay, here we go. All preachers just want my money. All preachers just want my money. Like I said, you came on a winning Sunday. Uh, but again, don't worry. We always do generosity at the end, but that's, that's the way we do things here. Uh, but, but all preachers want my money. Here's the thing. Every one of us have passed uh, or, or heard or watched a televangelist on TV. And I don't know why they talk like this, but it seems like they all say, if you will send a thousand dollar seed. Can you just talk like a normal person for crying out loud? I want to slap you in the face. God's going to give you a jet and a trip to Fiji. Where's that in the Bible? I don't see that. But we've all seen that, right? All preachers. So now then all preachers want my money. I'll tell you this. I drive a 94 Ford. Living high on the hog, brother. Huh? Right? Are y'all with me? I'm not after your money, right? Here's the thing is, is that not all preachers, I've been to a bad mechanic. Anybody been to a bad mechanic? That doesn't make all mechanics bad. There's some good ones out there. I've been to a bad dentist, Dr. Barnhill. That doesn't mean all dentists are bad. A little bit evil, but not all bad, right? I've had my heart broken by a woman. Yeah, all women. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. Not all women are bad, right? I've gotten food poisoning at a restaurant before. Anybody ever done that? That's fun, 24 hours. But not all restaurants are bad. Here's what's amazing is, is we don't let that change. We don't stop going to restaurants because we got sick at one. We don't stop going to mechanics because we had a bad experience with one. We don't stop dating or getting married because we had a bad experience with a relationship. So why would we stop being generous to God? Because one preacher... Did it wrong. Come on. Come on. Here's what's amazing is, is in Hebrews 7, 8, it says this, that here mortal men receive your tithes, but Jesus receives them in heaven. Yes. They're going to they're gonna be responsible for what they did. Right. I'm not responsible for what they did, but they're going to be responsible for what they did. Amen? Not all preachers want your money. That's a myth. Amen? The uh, third thing, I, the third myth is, I tithe my time. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's good. It's good preaching. It's good. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Appreciate that. 
I, I, you know, here's the thing. Like I said, we have a lot of people that serve and they do an amazing job and we love them. And, and they absolutely, we wouldn't be able to do it without the serve team. But serving and giving are two different things. Right. The Bible, you cannot find the Bible says, bring all your time into the storehouse that there may be time in my house. It doesn't say it. It says, bring your tithe, right? That's what the Bible says. The second thing I would say is I don't know very many people that actually tithe their time. Because if you tithe your time, that's nearly three hours a day that you need to be serving the local church. Some of you are like, what? No, that's tithe, right? Tenth. Do the math, nearly three hours a day. So no, not very many people actually tithe their time, okay? Now let's get on to the good stuff. Y'all ready? Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Some of you are like, please stop treading on my feet. Three giving truths. Your heart matters when you give. Yes. Don't give grudgingly, for God loves a cheerful yes. giver. You know, I was raised by a pastor, and so... Tithes and offerings was just something that was normal. And you think I would have learned my lesson because I would go out and mow yards and work my tail off all week. And dad would come, I'd come in and dad go, how much you make this week? $200, dad. Can you believe that? All right. We'll take $20 to the church. Dang it. I fell for it again. Like, cause $20 when you're a kid, that's a lot of money. Like I was like, man, come on. You know, I need that 20 bucks. That's gas money, dad. Bring it, to the, bring it to the church. When I was a kid, how much did you make? <laughs> how much did you get for your birthday, little buddy? <laughs> $50. All right, five of it goes to God. You're like, right? And some of you are thinking that's cruel. But that's the thing I thank God for the most. Because of that, I've always been cheerful when it comes to giving money's not been an issue. It's just one of those things like, okay, give. I get to give. I get to bring. I, you know, every month I set it up to where it just auto drafts out of my account because I want the first thing that comes out of my account whenever I get a paycheck. I want the first thing to come out to be to God because God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. Amen? I've never heard an emotional keeping story. Well, I heard about this single mom, brother. She couldn't pay her rent and she was getting kicked out of her house. I felt like God told me to pay her rent. Thank God I shook that temptation off. (laughs) I heard about starving orphans in Africa. How just $3 a day could feed them, but God be good, I didn't give a dime. But I can tell you times that I'll never forget. When I gave, one of the best times in my life was a girl that went to our youth ministry was praying and asking God for a car so that she could go to college. And Crystal and I went down and we bought a $2,000 car. That's all we could afford. But God put it on my heart and I could not wait to hand her the keys. And it changed her life. She went to college. She got a degree. She serves in this church on a regular. Why? Because God gave to me, I just love to give to others. Give cheerfully. 
Here's what you need to know. Giving helps others, but it changes you. It helps others, but it changes you. Second thing, and I'm just going to go over time. You just tell the kids department to pray for me because I'm over. Second thing, you cannot outgive God. Second Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance. Come on, those are all good. All, all abundance for every good work. Not for yourself, for every good work. Cannot outgive God. There was a time that I thought I'd done it. Crystal and I moved here. We left a job, both our jobs. We left our family. We sold our house. And we planted a church. Three months after we planted, we weren't getting a salary. We were living off savings. And I had $50 in my account. And I had a $2,000 rent payment coming up. And we laid in bed and I thought I'd done it. I'd officially outgiven God. But boy, was I wrong. Because not only did he take care of me, not only did he bless me and take care of my bills, but we've seen over 2,500 people come to Jesus. We have people that are coming all the time to this church and they're experiencing and encountering Jesus. Can I tell you, friend, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. When, he, when you give it to God, he multiplies it and he, he presses it down, shakes it together and runs it over in your life. You cannot outgive God. And the last thing, people will thank you because you gave. People will thank you because you gave. At the end, very end of verse 11, it says, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. People thank God. I can't tell you how many times people thank you for your generosity. There are people that are listening to this podcast right now that will send emails that say, thank you for your generosity. Because you put a podcast out. I, I, I encountered Jesus. I had something and it changed my life forever. I have people that, that are in Africa right now that have a, a roof over their heads, orphans in Africa right now that have a roof over their head because you were generous. And they say, thank you for your generosity. Kids in Haiti that were hungry before you gave. And now every month they have food in their stomachs. What about this? People that just got baptized, that had an encounter with Jesus in a service like this, their life was forever changed. Week after week, I'll stand at those doors and I'll shake people's hands. And sometimes I'll have, people will walk out and they'll have tears streaming down their face and their lives have been forever changed and they'll shake my hand and they'll say, thank you. What they're doing is they're thanking you for your generosity. They're thanking you for your generosity. You know, there's a woman in the Bible She comes to Jesus with an alabaster flask. Most of us wouldn't know what that is, but it was a year's worth of wages. 
They would buy this as investments. It was a year's worth of wages. And she comes and she breaks it at Jesus' feet. She begins to wash his feet with her tears. What she did is she brought more than tithes, but offering. And there she poured out her heart of thanksgiving. And Jesus says something that's amazing. As long as the gospel is preached, this story will be told. Your giving tells a story. Your giving tells a story. And you may not hear the results of that story. You may not hear about it, but, but there's a legacy that you're leaving long after you're gone because your giving is telling a story. There are two times that we're most like God, when we're giving and when we're forgiving. Well, how do you say that, Brian? John three sixteen. We've seen it on every big belly in football arenas all around the world. For God so loved the world that he gave everything so that all could be forgiven. It's the gospel. You cannot take generosity out of the gospel because God gave more than any of us could ever dream of giving. the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com. Thanks and have a great week.